This message was recorded at Devoted, a Christ Central Festival for all the family. To find out more about Devoted, please visit devotedevent.org. enabling the kingdom of God to come to the earth. And we were at a conference recently where we were listening to the prophet Graham Cook. He was teaching and prophesying uh, and he brought an amazing word which is a shaping word for the next 15 years really. Uh, I need to go back and and listen to it and, and draw stuff out of it. But on the first day of his first session he said God is taking us into the kingdom. We need a lens change as we approach 2020. And my heart jumped at that because I know that for a while now, God has been changing my perspective about understanding what is the kingdom. He's wanting us to look at the kingdom through the lens of the kingdom, to understand life, to see life through the uh, the lens of the rule and reign of Jesus Christ on the earth rather than getting so bound up with the circumstances. Yes, we go through difficult things, but he is calling us to view our lives through his lens, through his eyes, through his heart, which are kingdom eyes and a a kingdom heart. And it's it's a challenge, I know, and I felt it, because I know that I'm in a process. You know, there's a battle for this process. I make, I make progress, and then I fall back a bit, and then I make another bit of progress, and then I bottle it again, and then I make another bit of progress, and it's a battle. It's a battle to keep saying yes to Jesus sometimes, isn't it? When we're in an environment like this, as the weekend has gone on, it's felt easier to say yes to Jesus, because we're in a great faith environment here. And we need to create that, as Jared was saying yesterday, on the inside of us so that we continue to persevere to say yes to Jesus. And we need to be asking the Holy Spirit, upgrade. As I think uh, in the prayer meeting this morning, somebody was praying about an upgrade of seeing with the eyes of our hearts. See the world through the eyes of, of God's heart, through the eyes of the kingdom. Our daily lives sometimes can feel a long, long way, can't they, from the kingdom. Our communities, the news we listen to, what's happening in other parts of the world can sometimes feel so far away from God's kingdom. But I do sense, as we've heard so much about over these last days, it's been amazing. It's amazing what we're in here. I sense we're living in the days when the the Holy Spirit is stirring us, the bride of Christ. We are his bride and he's stirring us. He's shaking us. He's waking us up out of the comfortable. He's waking us up out of where we've settled in places that that feel safe. He's getting us out of those ghettos. He's getting us out of that way of thinking, oh, I'll just settle and do this little bit. I'm doing my bit and it's okay. He's saying, no, I've got so much more for you to work through your life. He wants us to emerge from this weekend filled with love, empowered, our eyes fixed on Jesus, carrying his authority and his truth to displace the works of darkness and to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring life, to bring salvation. And there are so many people around our lives who need to have some hope. You know, being uh, the normal Christian life 
is about being a kingdom carrier. It's not about settling. It's not about becoming comfortable. You know, we're very comfortable, really. But God has called us to so much more. Let's just have a little think, a quick think about what the kingdom of God looks like. Do you remember when Jesus um, went into the synagogue early in his ministry and he, uh, uh, he declared uh, over himself, he took the scroll of Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then all eyes were on him. Can you imagine it? It must have been electric. And he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We're living in a day when that's fulfilled. So we have the same anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives to walk in the power of the kingdom. You can read in Luke 4 what it was like for him. He had opposition. When he'd done that, can you imagine what some people felt? Well, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You know, and we might get that too. But Jesus went out straight after doing that. And he healed the sick. And he, healed the, he set free those who were demonically oppressed. You will sometimes get some opposition as you step out. Not always will people receive you. You know, we've had one, I've had one or two situations when I've been out with some teams where um, the reception has been far from nice, but it doesn't happen very often. They use very nasty language to tell us to leave. Um, but that's because there's so much turmoil inside them. And we just need to kind of walk away and move on where God is moving. You will get a bit of opposition doing this because it's the kingdom of God. And I think our lives, you know, are supposed to look like how Jesus described. Because he's commissioned us too to go and do these things. He commissioned his disciples, didn't he? And then the Holy Spirit came as we've been hearing this, this uh, over these days. The Holy Spirit came on the early church. The Holy Spirit is on us. We are living in days when we are filled with the Holy Spirit to be kingdom carriers. That's who we are. That's who we are. We're to bring joy where there's sadness, hope where there's, there's despair, peace, peace where there's turmoil, healing where there's sickness and brokenness, and freedom and deliverance where people are bound up. This is an exciting adventure, guys. You haven't got to do it all at once. You haven't got to save the world tomorrow morning. You can take this step by step by step. And I just want you to think, just realize how powerful the prophetic gift is in this. You know, we need to understand the gifts of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit has put on the inside of us are not just for us. They're not just for our nice, warm, fuzzy feelings. They are for the church because we need to see the prophetic at work in church. We need to see the prophetic shaping church life, shaping what's happening. But we also need to see these gifts activated so the kingdom flows through us 
to the world and we can use words of knowledge. We can use words of wisdom. We can use the prophetic gift. We can use the, the gift of discerning of spirits when we're out there in our daily lives. They need to be operating everywhere. The prophetic gift has a major role in revealing people's identity in Christ. Whether they know him or not, you know, you can prophesy over someone and draw out what, what, how God feels about that person, what he's thinking about them. You can ask him, how do you feel about that person, God? What, do you, what have you put in? What gifts, what treasures have you placed inside this precious work colleague of mine? And you can share it with them. You can ask them and you can share it with them. And you know, people feel so much better when you do that. It changes them when they hear a word from the heart of God into their lives. People start coming alive. You know, this family I was talking about, um, they just started to come alive because we're speaking to the treasure inside them and encouraging them. And that's not difficult for any one of us. You know, sometimes you can just tell people that they're doing a great job. You can smile at them. You can give them a hug. You can give them a, 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 a card of encouragement with just maybe a sense of what God, you feel God is saying to them if you feel nervous to actually share it with them. You know, it, people will start to come alive because there's not a lot of encouragement around, is there? We need to be the most encouraging people on the face of the earth. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, brighten up your workplace. I could tell you multiple, multiple stories that, not that I've necessarily been directly involved in, but that I've heard over this past year of GP surgeries and all sorts of places like that being transformed by Christians who've been encouraging and we need to play our little part in that. You ask God what you're to do and he'll show you. And if you trust him. We, um, I was just laughing with Zira because a few weeks ago, um, we, we went into the park. With, there were a few of us. We went into Horsham Park after church. Had a bit of lunch and then we went into the park. We've been doing the Sean Bolt's God Secrets course, e-course, online. It's amazing. If you want to get challenged in words of knowledge, have a look at that. It costs a bit, but have a look at it. You might want to do it in a group in your church. Anyway, Zira's been doing it with us twice. So she's an expert now. And uh, we went into, uh, we met and we went in and we'd prayed about it beforehand. And one of the group, Lucy, my friend Lucy, had been really, Ali was with us as well, weren't you? Um, Lucy had really been praying about this before we went. And uh, she said, there's a group of travelers in the park. They've been in, they set up camp in the wreck behind our house. And now they're in the park. And I feel like God has spoken to me. We need to go and talk to some of them. And I said, yes, Lucy, that would be great. Yes, great. Uh, and my heart was going, oh, what's this going to be like? Anyway, she said, I bake cakes. And I believe there's a lady there called Maggie. And I've got a message from God for her. So I said, great, let's go. So we went, sat by the skate park near their encampment. They've gone on, they've moved on now. But near their encampment. Not a woman or a child anywhere, was there? There was just men everywhere. There were men sitting in their vans, driving around the park at 40 miles an hour, and I was getting indignant. They shouldn't be doing this. They've been well They're going to kill someone in a minute. And I realized my heart was <laughs> really not engaged. So I was like, okay, God, where are the women? Then this lady appeared with some children, 
Lucy was up on her feet, getting the cake out of the bag. Zira was like, I'm going, I'm going. So off they ran across the field to meet this lady and the children. Before I knew it, they were having a chat, praying, and praying for, praying for the, one of the children. Uh, and then Lucy came back and said, yes, there's a lady called Maggie. She's not here. She's not here. She doesn't stay with them all the time. She's gone home, but her daughter is here, and we'll find her daughter for you. So next thing we knew, daughter appeared. They don't walk anywhere, these traveling people. This, this lady drove virtually into the skate park in Horsham. <laughs> got out the car with about 20 children and uh, came over and said, Hi, I'm Mary, with a very strong Irish accent. Um, Lucy says, you hear from God. You have messages from God. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Um, Okay, we didn't we? <laughs> Anyway, we calmed down and we were like, we said, yes, we'd really like to pray for you. Would that be okay, Mary? She goes, you're not fortune tellers, are you? Because we don't like them. And we were like, no, 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 absolutely not. So we explained that we listen and that God speaks by his Holy Spirit. And we explained a little bit of that to them. It's good sometimes to really explain what you're doing, who you are. We explained we were from a local church. Um, We weren't weird. Uh, And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we prayed and, and it was great wasn't it it was such a privilege I mean we didn't have major words of knowledge at that point or anything we encouraged these girls one came then, and then they were queuing up they stood in this line and so different ones of us encouraged them prayed and then they said can you get a word from a husband and we were like uh, where is he she said oh no 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 tell me and then I'll talk to him about it and I'm like <laughs> I wasn't quite sure about the theology of that, really. But we did it anyway. And she said, yes, I'm going to go and talk to him about that. So anyway, they went off. And they were just, they were really, really encouraged. And then we discovered that Maggie was on the phone. So Lucy had to go off and speak to Maggie on the phone. They wouldn't let her on the phone until Maggie had had three of them say, no, this woman is not a fortune teller. Because they didn't want a bad message. They didn't want something that would bind them up and frighten them. They wanted to hear something that was uh, encouraging. So anyway, she'd, uh, Lucy had already had this prophetic word for this lady. She shared it. And the lady said, yes, 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 that means loads to me. Would you pray for me? So she began to pray about a medical condition that, that this lady had. And Lucy came and she goes, that was the most surreal thing I've ever done. But I did it. And you just celebrate that you stepped out and took a risk. And, you know, a year, 18 months ago, I wouldn't have done that. I would not have done that. We have gone on a massive journey into this. Massive journey. I was uh, at an event like this, not devoted. It was another event about 18 months ago where I was so deeply challenged about the kingdom and stepping out and taking risks. I was literally on the floor sobbing my eyes out to Jesus going, Jesus, I've got to have this. I have got to get into this. You have got to help me, Holy Spirit. I've got to have the kingdom. I'm desperate for the kingdom. I don't want anything else anymore. I'm tired of everything else. I'm bored with everything else. I want you and I want the kingdom. And do you know, Jesus absolutely loves those prayers. He's waiting. He's going, oh, are they going to pray it today? Can they go? Yeah, they are. 
That's what he's done this weekend, you know. When you've been praying those prayers, he's heard every one. Because what he does is he rushes in. He rushes in when we're desperate for him. But the first thing he does is some heart surgery. And I was like, oh, here we go. So he started to work on my heart. He started to point out all the places where I was believing lies about myself, lies about God. Like, I can't do that. This is for those people who do, you know, they, do, they go out on outreach. Outreach. <laughs> I don't do that sort of thing. Uh, uh, and no, as far as doing it in my everyday life, walking up to someone, oh, no, I wouldn't be doing that. But I realized that it was because I was actually believing lies about myself that I couldn't do it. I was too scared to do it. I wasn't good enough to do it. It wasn't going to work, and I was going to look an absolute idiot. Jesus has done some work on that as well. Uh, And, yeah, he works on our hearts. Because do you know what? The reality of the rule and reign of Jesus Christ has to work in here has to work in here. We have to come under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ and submit our hearts and our lives daily, as Jared was talking about yesterday. Wasn't that amazing? We have to do what Jared was talking about yesterday in order to begin to step out in these things. If you do that, it's so much easier. If you receive the Holy Spirit, let him fill you. Take some time to just soak and let him fill you. But as Jared said, you've got to do something with it. You can't just have warm, fuzzy feelings. We have to do something with it. No matter how amazing the encounter is for us, it changes us. It's changed me, the encounters I've had over this year. My heart was all beaten about and and bruised, and I was believing things about myself that weren't true. I had a faulty lens on. I was seeing life through a faulty lens, and I needed to let Jesus take that. I needed to repent as well of some of those lies that I was believing about myself. I really literally needed to come and do business with God about how I had settled. In fact, I was desperate for it, but I didn't want to look about it. You know when someone starts preaching on the very thing you don't want to hear, you go, oh, here we go again. But I knew that God was calling me to step out. And, uh, you know, we have to realize that lies that we believe, where we allow the enemy to whisper to say, oh, it's not for you, you know. Your friend can do it, but you can't. You're not brave enough to do that. If you pray for someone, it won't happen. But when we listen to that and we actually um, sort of cuddle up to those lies, they start to have power over us. And if I'd have given in... to that fear, literally, I wouldn't have done anything. We We don't do anything if we get paralyzed by fear. And that's exactly what the enemy wants, exactly what he wants, because he doesn't want the kingdom to advance in this nation or any nation. He doesn't want you and I to get empowered and to go. But when, we, when the heart surgery takes place and he exposes lies that you're believing, faulty thinking, take some time. You know, repentance, we all know that. It means change the way you're thinking. To recognize where you're wrong and change the way you're thinking. You know, we, we need to realize what God says about us. You know, God says he's put his spirit on you. 
He has anointed you to pray for the sick, to share the gospel, to know him and to recognize his voice, to bring encouragement, to bring a prophecy, to bring a word of knowledge and to be part of somebody else's journey of coming into the kingdom and encountering Jesus for themselves. You need to say that that kind of thing to yourself every day. Jesus has made me someone who can carry the kingdom and be part of someone else's journey of encountering Jesus today. And then look out for where that is. We need to get some... I needed to go through a period where my bruised heart healed, but repentance was part of that. And then listening to what God was actually saying to me, listening to, to, to what he says about me and believing what he says rather than what the enemy says about you. So when you've got a battle going on in your mind, it happens to every one of us, doesn't it? You know, if we wake up in the morning feeling a bit, whoa, I don't want to do this today. If we let that dominate, we'll never do it. But we need to shake ourselves and go, no, I'm called to be a kingdom carrier. Jesus, what are we doing today? What do you want to do today? What do you want to say today? Who do you want me to encourage? You don't have to have a full-blown prophecy before you do this. You can just say to someone, thanks so much for doing that for me. We were staying in a hotel a few weeks ago, and we was at a conference, and like everybody in this hotel was encouraging the staff, and they were like, we're going to really miss it when you guys are gone. Because we just said to them, look, you're doing such an amazing job with a packed full hotel. We don't know how you're doing this. And there was one guy, wasn't there, and his smile went from here to about here. Every day he was serving us. And it, it was making a difference for him. You know, I know the times when I give in to fear. <laughs> and I get miserable. And I'm like, oh, it's never going to change. It's always going to be like this. Does anyone else feel like that sometimes? I think you're good Christ central people, so you probably don't feel like that. <laughs> but I do. I find it hard sometimes. You know, I don't, you don't always feel faith, do you? You don't always feel pumped like this and ready to go. Sometimes we actually need to make a choice to do these things. So Paul and I decided, made a decision about a year ago, that we would actually go and spend some time with people who were doing all this stuff regularly. Um, we were terrified what they were going to guess to do. Um, and, uh, but it's been a, an incredible privilege because it has literally uh, fueled our appetite for the impossible. And uh, you can do that for one another. Being around each other in your churches. Encourage each other. Fuel each other for God breaking out and doing these things. And uh, like we did, we just went in the park. You can do things like that. You know, you can, you can just take some time to pray what God wants you to do. Don't, don't do what anybody else is doing. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? And how do you want us to do it? What are you saying to us? You don't have to copy but I must say, in this past year, just doing things way outside my comfort zone. It's been, I have had to leave the comfort zone way behind. Um, there was one day when we were out with a group on, 
on the streets, and we set up a gazebo outside Tesco Express, uh, and uh, we were like, uh, we, we were kind of, well, they do it, like they say, spiritual readings. I'm, I don't know how I feel about that, but I joined in anyway. But you actually explain to people that you're not a medium and how you're hearing God. You have to be clear about these things. But because people see spiritual readings, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm interested in that. Anyway, these people came. People came in under the gazebo and said, yep, okay. And we explained who we were. And they said, yep, yeah, I'm fine with that. And uh, it was amazing. And there was one girl who was sat, she was really reticent over on a bench opposite. So we waved at her. And eventually she came over. And I was with this young guy, Ricky. Uh, We were in pairs. It's good to do this in pairs. And... uh, we introduced ourselves, and then uh, Ricky was chatting a bit more to her, and I was going, God, she said, please pray for me, and if, if God speaks to you, please, I'd love to know what that is. And so we shared stuff, uh, and then when Ricky was speaking, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to tell her that I'm her father, and tell her she's beautiful. And I was like, really, God, that's really simple, but you know, am I really hearing you? That's so simple. Do you know the most simple things can be the most powerful things? Because when we kind of finished, I said to her, do you mind if I just say one more thing? And she said, no, this has been great. And I said, oh, I explained to her. I said, "We, we know that God is our father. We believe that God is our father. And I just really felt he wants you to know that he's saying that he's your father too. And he just wants to say... You're beautiful. And she started to cry. And I felt like crying. And, wh- and she, we gave her a hug. I gave her a hug. And she said, do you know what happened two days ago? And she said, I was having this chat with my mum. And I have to tell you that I never had a father at home when I was growing up. And she said, um, two days ago I was with my mum. And we were chatting. And I said to my mum... You know, one of the things that's been hardest about my life is the fact that I never had a dad at home to tell me I was beautiful. And it was so powerful. And then we were able to pray again for her. And it was literally like you you could feel in that situation the Holy Spirit all over it. You don't always. You just have to trust. Take a risk and go for it. But in that situation, it was. And then there's our friend who doesn't have a home. We love her. We haven't seen her lately. But she doesn't, she's homeless. She's quite proud of the fact she's homeless. But she also is beautiful. She's feisty. <laughs> she doesn't really want to know Jesus at the moment. But do you know, you don't have to be the one that closes the deal all the time. Sometimes you are the very first contact that someone has or the second, or the third, or the fourth. And then sometimes you are the person that actually leads that person right through into salvation. You just have to go with what God's doing in a situation. I mean, literally, it was a privilege, and I learned more from this lovely lady than I think she did from us. Because I sat down on the stairwell of a car park. Um, It was quite cool, quite cold. But I sat down on the concrete next to her in the corner. People were going up and down the thing. And I just sat with her and hugged her and I prayed for her and prayed for a difficult situation that was going on in her life. And she starts crying. And you know what it taught me was, Joe, you can be free from the fear of man because I literally did not care what anybody thought of me. 
I, I actually wanted to say, yeah, I'm with her. Because, you know, there's a bit of pride sometimes. We don't want to be identified with people who are homeless sometimes, do we? Or, or I mean, she, she's just an amazing lady, but it was just such a privilege. And it's happened a few times with her. We've met her a few times. And uh, she's hilarious as well. But she taught me to love a bit more. And the, uh, when the next time we went and saw her, we poked our head around the door. And I said, oh, hi, do you remember us? She goes, yes, I remember you. You're the one who doesn't mind hugging me when I'm smelly. <laughs> and I was like, yay. And uh, I said, I'm so pleased to see you. And she taught my heart. You know, when we uh, connect with people and are part of connecting them to Jesus, it's a privilege. And your heart gets taught by people. Allow your heart to get taught. Sometimes we think we've got the message, we think we know what people need, and we go, but be sensitive to them. Be sensitive to where they're at and let them teach you by who they are. That's a massive, massive um, privilege. Oh gosh, the time's going so fast. So, uh, I'll have to move on quickly. Um, just want to say too that um, something else that's happened in this time is um, this whole thing about fueling the uh, appetite for the impossible. My friend Wendy Mann, she's written a book called Naturally Supernatural and I would recommend that everybody reads it. Everybody reads it because it will help you very uh, more practically than, than uh, I will have time to go into today about actually what it's like and, and how you begin to connect with people, how you begin to pick out people and all that kind of stuff. So I thoroughly recommend you reading that book. Um, she says, to follow Jesus means to have an appetite for the impossible, to live with a passion to see the supernatural power of God break in to transform impossible situations. To follow Jesus means to live with a conviction that there are no dead end or hopeless situations. We are commissioned by God to powerfully advance his kingdom on earth. The same Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus with power is available to every believer. We're all believers here today, aren't we? We are empowered to carry the kingdom. And uh, one of the things that I think has changed for me is moving from knowing that these things could happen, kind of believing these things could happen, to actually stepping into expecting them to happen in situations right in front of me. You know, I think we can kid ourselves sometimes. Yeah, of course I believe these can happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, these, these can, I believe. I believe God can heal. And we need to have that going on inside of us because if we're, if we're like, no, we don't believe God can heal, there's no hope, is there? I mean, we need to be believing but actually the belief needs to have expectation alongside it or with it. Fuel your expectation. And as Jared was, uh, as, as I've said, you know, if you didn't, weren't here listening to Jared, I'm sure there'll be a recording of it. Listen to it. Go back to your notes because you, you need to put that into practice. And what Andy was talking about on Monday needs to be in practice in your life. Because they all fuel your uh, appetite for the impossible. 
And uh, I know that that's kind of happened on the inside of me, that I, I do go into situations now. I don't always feel the kind of, whoa, yeah, I'm really pumped, something's going to happen here. Sometimes that, that does happen. I'm sure you've experienced that. But sometimes, you know, you don't have 45 minutes of worship in your workplace before you, someone, someone actually might come over to you and start saying, oh, I've got a real bad leg today. I've had, my, my back's aching and, oh, I just can't sleep at the moment. And you're just having a cup of coffee. What do you do in that moment? Do you go, oh, well, I really hope it gets better soon. Or do you go, um, well, we've been doing this thing at, at church and, and, and I, we've been praying for people and, and we just believe that God can do something when we pray. Would you like me to pray for you? It's amazing, isn't it, how many people say yes? Because they're a bit, they've tried everything often. So they're the moments. We, need, we have a split second sometimes when we have a moment when we, we can go, I'm going to do it. And it is a split second. You don't have half an hour to think about it. Because that, that you know, those our decision-making in those moments open doors for the supernatural. And it doesn't, you know, even if nothing happens in the moment, it's the fact that you took the risk and you said yes to Jesus. That's what matters. It's not about always how much happens. Yes, of course we want to see change. But we may have to do that again with that person. So be brave, guys. Be brave and in the moment choose, yep, I'm going to do it this time. Or if you bottle it, like I do sometimes, when that per- just what, talk to the person the next morning and say, how's your back? You know, what's happening with your leg? And they go, oh, it's terrible. Go, okay, this time I'm going to say, would you like me to pray for you? You know, that expectation then rises. Do you know, every time we pray, something happens. It isn't always exactly what we're expecting or what we're imagining. But God will do something in that person's life that will be part of their journey. So don't ever underestimate, you know, a hug. The, the family I was talking to you about earlier, um, there, uh, it didn't all go according to plan. Uh, it, it, something really difficult happened for the daughter just only a couple of weeks ago. She's doing really, really well now again now. But, it didn't go according to plan. And uh, do you know, I was there when she wasn't very well. Uh, a number of us were. And uh, it pressed every disappointment button inside me. That's what the enemy tried to do. Absolutely every, every, every uh, expectation button, disappointment button, the enemy was after them. Absolutely every one of them. I didn't know whether to cry, to scream, to rant. I, and in front of them, I didn't want to do anything. I just stayed calm because my friend, who was a nurse, was with me. Um, and, but afterwards, when we made sure they were okay and they went home, um, uh, Paul was going off to London and I, I said, take me home, take me home, take me home. And actually, do you know, that was the very day when we'd arranged to go into the park. And so I walked across the park to go and meet the others and it hadn't gone on to plan. I go, God, what, 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 what's going on? And he actually, he came near. And I looked, you know, when you're walking and you're imagining Jesus walking with you. And I just thought, right now, 
I have to choose to say yes to him. I just wanted to go home, actually, and watch Netflix. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I really did. I thought, I'm going to forget everything. I'll switch off completely because I can't cope right now. It hurts too much. I was so worried about this friend. It hurt like crazy. More than it did for them, I discovered, a week later. Um, but it, it, it really, when it doesn't go according to plan, you have to process the pain that you're feeling and the disappointment you're feeling and still surrender yourself and say, yes, Jesus, okay, yes. And uh, do you know what he said to me? I just want to find it to make sure I say it in the right way. Where is it? I can't find it. Anyway, what he said to me was, um, I'm just trying to remember it because it was so powerful the way he said it. Jesus, help me to remember. Um, He said that what you do next, the decision that you make next, is really, really important. But then he said, "It's, it's not about the outcome. It's not about the outcome. It's about the fact that you said yes to to me. It's about the fact that you said yes to me. And then he said, my responsibility is the outcome. No, the out, sorry, the outcome is my responsibility. And you know, my heart settled then because I knew the outcome in that situation that he loved them more than I could possibly ever love them. And the outcome in the situation was his responsibility. And I just gave it to him. And I prayed and prayed and prayed as I was walking across the park. And then we went and did this. And it was saying yes to Jesus. And it was the best thing at that moment I could have done was to go and encourage someone else and pray for someone else when I was feeling my most worst discouragement. And then I discovered, um, went and saw them. Uh, Oh, here it is. This is what it is. It's got a great big arrow about against it. (laughs) He said to me, you don't gain my approval by the outcome. The outcome is my responsibility. And then he said to me, what doesn't happen in the situation does in no way affect your identity in me. And that's absolutely true. He never says, well, you didn't do very well there, Joe, did you? So not going to love you so well today. You didn't listen to me well enough. And I think we always, when, when something doesn't go according to plan, we always need to pull on his love, pull on his approval, pull on the, the, how he's celebrating over you, pull on what he says about you. Because when something goes wrong, it's not, you haven't failed. You haven't failed. It just, that's how it is. And yet God is at work in that situation. And also, God works for good for those that love them. And we are starting to see incredible good come out of that situation, even though it doesn't look quite like we thought it was supposed to look. So you've got to be real about these things. Sometimes things don't go according to plan. So how are we doing for time? Okay, I just want to say one more thing. We do sometimes, and then I want you to do something, by the way. Yeah, look, there's the, that's it. 
that's the buzzer saying you, it's time for them to do something. Um, but I just want to deal with, with, with something really quickly here in dealing with things when they don't go according to plan and our response. I just want to talk about compromise and settling and being content with less. Because I think we can, in life, get into a situation where we become content with the less or content with what God has done up until now and we can pour all our energy into what we're used to because it works and it's good and it's going well and it's right to do that. But if you settle there, you can actually compromise in your heart and not go for the risk that he's asking you to take. You can actually allow that sort of nagging bit of unbelief about this whole thing. Oh, you know, it is for those people over there. You can allow it to settle in your heart and you don't actually step out and begin to think about this, pray about it, and then begin to take the risks in the moment. When we compromise, it kind of puts a ceiling over. When we believe the lies that God's saying to us, it puts a ceiling over us. And we can get stuck. And I just wanted to mention that because I do not want you to get stuck because things have gone wrong in the past. Or that you feel like, well, I've tried this. I've tried it. I've tried it. It just doesn't work. People, it, people never get healed. And, uh, you know, okay, I've been a bit encouraging, but nothing really happens. It's too hard in my workplace. Don't let that settle Because, you know, you don't have to bring a religious word into your your workplace. You can bring um, something to encourage. You know, if there's things you're thinking about and your boss is asking you to think about things, ask God. What are you saying, God? You could bring a solution, a good idea. They'll all think it's a wonderful, bright idea. But actually, you know it's God-inspired. And if you're the person who takes the risk... And to go home and go, okay, we don't have to go home. You can just say in your office, Jesus, just speak to me. Just show me what the answer to this situation is. You know, I know there are people in this room that do that and they see the Holy Spirit break into multiple situations because that's what they do. I've got, um, we've got a, a friend, a lady in, uh, in Bedford where we were doing this thing. She's a GP. You would not believe what she sees happen. And it's, it's only recently, in the last year or two, that she's been doing this. And she's been a GP forever. And she's just come alive because of what God is doing. And she's making decisions. And God is doing stuff in people's lives. And, she, you know, it's, God can give you really practical answers to things. And if you come up with a couple of bright ideas, they'll come to you for ideas. They'll say, oh, Ask John or ask Margaret that because they're really good at coming up with ideas. You can actually change the atmosphere. (laughs) So you can do it like that too. But don't let compromise and the fact that it's never happened before or it's been a failure or it feels a failure, don't let that settle on you and become um, the fact that it just stays there and you don't break out of it. You know, there may be some of you here today, that's how you feel. I just feel stuck I don't know how to move on from this place. And I just want us to stand because I want to pray. just want to pray and release something over you. And then I'm going to get you to do something in the last few minutes. Let's just pray. 
just come with, if you've got any cynicism, unbelief, or you're feeling stuck, you've got a situation where you want to see breakthrough, but you're not seeing it, and you're like, can God ever do anything about this? I just want you to come before him right now with that, that doubt, that fear, that lie, whatever it is, wherever you're feeling stuck, I just want you to take a moment to do business with God about it. I want you to give it to God and exchange it for what he's saying. So just, just all together, just speak out loud to him right now. Don't be afraid to do that. You tell him what that thing is, where you need breakthrough, where you need to, uh, some expectation to take a risk. Thank you, God. Where you want to see him come. Thank you, Jesus. Just let it go to him. Give it to him. And now I want you to listen to him. What's he saying? What's Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he giving you in return? What's he giving you? What's he saying to you in return? Let's just listen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, just speak right now. You might want to just imagine him giving you something (laughs) in return. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you've made us kingdom carriers. You've made us those who can uh, extend your kingdom on the earth, wherever we are, whatever time of day, whether we're in the office, whether we're in our towns, whether we're walking around town, whether we're visiting a friend, whether we're going to a neighbor, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, give us eyes to see the people that you want us to reach out to. Give us the courage in the moment to, to give them what you've given us, God, to 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 actually encourage, to pray, to pray for the sick. Father, I pray today for just an impartation of fresh courage over this this body of people, that you will fill them, Holy Spirit, that you will bubble up that courage on the inside of them to take risks in multiple situations. Lord, I pray that as they go from this camp, you will bring loads and loads of, of situations across their paths where they have have to make the decision to step out but I pray that you begin to, to cause them to be much more kingdom carriers in daily life and Lord we just want to break through compromise where we've compromised Lord where we've settled where we've been comfortable where we've given in to what's comfortable we break out of that today we thank you Holy Spirit that you lift the weight of compromise off us as we let it go to you just in the name of Jesus. We just say compromise, unbelief, cynicism, doubt, 
fear, lies be broken in the name of Jesus over every person in this room. Holy Spirit, come right now with power again. Come with courage. Come with expectation. I pray for an unlocking of expectation to be mixed with faith in every heart. So that the simplest thing, we're able to begin to get moving. We're begin, able to, to step out and bless somebody. Even on this camp, just take a risk. There's loads of Christians around here, but there might be some people who aren't Christians as well. But just encourage someone. And I just want you, in the last 10 minutes, I've got a, a few things that I just think you could do. Um... Because I, I'd love you. I, I just feel actually in the room, there are some culture changes here. There are people in their workplaces and you know that God has called you to change culture uh, and to, to be the person who brings the bright idea, the solution the, into your workplace, into your business, wherever you are. God has called you to be a role model of doing this. And you started to do that and you know it's a challenge on your life. Uh, And God is saying to you today, what's happening? Look out with the eyes of your heart. What is happening in the unseen realm in your workplace? Look and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you doing in this place and what do you want me to do? Are there any people who would relate to that? Stick your hand in the air. Okay, so the rest of you, keep your hand high. I want the rest of you um, to find someone, maybe two of you can do this, uh, find someone who's got their hand in the air and I want you to pray and to prophesy over those people. So you need to move and find someone who's got their hand up right now. And maybe a couple of you just get round those people and exercise your gift of encouragement, exercise your gift of of prophecy and uh, pray and prophesy over them. If you've got somebody with you, take your hand down. Raise it high if you haven't. There's some people over here. Do you want to go over there to those guys? And there's, there's, oh, have they? Take your hand down if you've got somebody with you. It's okay, she's got someone with her, yeah. Oh, that's Grace's sister. (laughs) I just want to say something else in a minute. If you finish that, 
If you've finished doing that, can you stick your hand in the air? Have you finished doing that exercise? There's a few. There's a few. If you've finished, I want to give you another one. So, um, if you've finished, come down here and I'll give you another one. Come here. Anyone want another, another exercise? We've got about five minutes. You're ready for another one. Okay. Well, this one's uh, quite, quite challenging. Um, so, if you get in, um, get in a group of three of you. Get in a group. Are you come for more? Get in a group of three. If you want to do another exercise, get in a group of three of you. Anywhere in the room, get into a group of three. Okay, stop talking unless you're prophesying. Um, so, one of, one of the, the group is going to pretend that they are just someone in a coffee shop or they're on, on the school gate or they're someone in your office or whatever. You're going to act, right? Uh, and just pretend in your mind. So choose who that's going to be. Just one of you, okay? Make the choice now. Okay, you got it? Someone's going to do that? Right. So the other two, the other two, Okay, stop talking again if you're not prophesying. Um, the other two, you are uh, out and about, or you're in the office, or you're somewhere about, and you notice this person. Uh, you, you can actually, you know, meet them, just walk up to them and say, oh, you know, just meet them and say, hi, we're just around and about. And or you can choose to be someone to walk up to them and, and say, oh, can I sit with you at your table or whatever. Just have a little scenario in your head. Make a connection, a normal connection in life, right? And uh, what I want you to do is the two of you that are the, are you two the, yeah, and, the, and you're the person who's going to, oh, this is the person that's going to be prayed, yep, coffee shop, right? So she, which one's in the coffee shop? Right, you're in the coffee shop. Okay, sorry, we just had to get that sorted. Um, and uh, so you two... One of, one of you is going to chat to her, introducing yourself and just make, while you listen to God, for something for her. And if we have time, you can swap over with the other one. But this is a, it, and, and actually, it's not a makeup thing from God. You ask God because the Holy Spirit can give you something realistic for the person. Okay? Off you go. Have a go. It's a bit of fun. If you do need to go and collect your children... Uh, could I ask you to do that? Um, or if you're uh, receiving prayer, then please give your tickets to someone you trust to go and collect your children. But we do want to just honour the kids' work. Uh, and uh, please, please collect your children. Thank you so much. I hope that's been helpful. I just want to say thank you to you for having a go. Um, I know some people are already gone, but thanks so much for for taking a few risks just then. Um, you can practice all these things at home. 
can do this in a small group at home and have some fun and then actually go out and do it on the streets. So thanks so much for your time. Thanks for listening. Uh, and thanks for being here. Wonderful. It's been great to have you here in this seminar stream. And uh, maybe we'll see you next year. Thanks for coming.